from the conductor offices in New York City, this is Search on Tap. Different movie. Different. Robin Hood was a good one, too. Robin Hood was with the Fox. Yeah. Hey, cheers, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Search on Tap. I am Pat Reinhardt, joined always by Steve Machia. Hey there. Stefan Bajayo. Hey. And Ralph Durso. Hello. So today we're going to be talking about migrations, big topic that a lot of people have been going through. I feel like this is one of those constant things that kind that that's happening with many clients and customers and just you know sites in general at a time. It's something that someone's always going through. But I think a lot of people think that one migration is the same as another migration. Your site is going from one place to another, but that is not always the case. There are different types of migrations, and today I really want to touch on all of them. So. What are the different types? Right now, the ones that I have listed, and you know, hopefully my colleagues here will come up with a couple others, but you never know. So we have non-secure to secure, HTTP to HTTPS, big topic right now as Google pushes more and more for things to get secure. International migrations. This is one that's actually been coming up quite a bit, um, especially with larger companies. How do we handle different languages? Um, you know, what's the best way? Do you do CCTLDs? Do you do the subdirectories? We can talk about it in a few. Um, and then your general normal, I'll say with quote fingers, even though no one can see me, your normal migrations. You're updating your URL structure. You're um, you're you're changing your hierarchy. You're doing a redesign. You're replatforming. You're consolidating. You know, several sites into one and Every one thing has to go to one place safely. So I will start out by saying that, you know, I actually really love working on site migrations. The bigger, the better for me. Um, I, as everyone in this room know, have insane OCD and I love being organized. So creating Excel documents that kind of put everything in front of myself. And so I can see everything that's going on with the site, taking a URL inventory, seeing it through to the end and making sure that the site does well on the other end. That's something that is one of my favorite things to do in SEO. Ralph, what about you? Yeah, I think website migrations can be pretty fun to work on. Um, especially when the site is, uh, when there's already a plan in place, right? And, and it's nice to, uh, you know, kind of jump in and have a nice big project to work on and just kind of, you know, dig into it and, uh, make sure everything's redirecting properly. And, um, yeah, it, it can be a really fun project if done properly, but if not, um, can actually be very detrimental to your, your website and your, your traffic. Mm -hmm. Steve, what about you? Yeah. I mean, just to piggyback off where Ralph left off, uh, I've had a number of, projects where I've worked on where, you know, the, the team on the other end didn't really uh, think it through as, as far as, you know, if it was just a replatforming job, that's kind of the most common one um, at least that, that I've, that I typically work with. Um, they create a bunch of new pages, consolidate content and launch new URLs, but without, and now we're, you know, we're going to get technical already, but without actually doing the redirects, the 301 permanent redirects from the existing URLs to where they're going to live now. So they had a big mishmash of the same content out there on various other pages with new URLs, with pieces of the same content all over the place. And it really, I've seen a lot of sites take take big hits because they haven't seen it through from step A to step B and understand the, the little nuances in between that need to be on the checklist uh, in order to get mm -hmm. to the end mm -hmm. game. Yeah, and I feel, I feel a lot of people think that you, you all you have to do is say, okay, here's you know the old URLs, here's the new URLs. Oh, 
I'll figure it out, you know, or Google, excuse me, will figure it out, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, we'll, we'll redirect, you know, okay, these pages, uh, you know, have, you know, X amount of organic search for the last 30 days. So we'll only redirect those, and then the rest of them will just either let die in the index or Throw we'll them redirect the them to the home page yeah, or something like that. The worst thing you can do. Horrible. I mean, like, as, a, as an SEO, you have to think about this as an opportunity, right? The reason and the impetus for the change in in your website is usually, um, I mean, at least, I don't know if you guys agree, but I see most people will change or at least migrate their websites every two to two and a half years. Mm -hmm. I have a theory on that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think uh, part of it is outdated technology, and frankly, I just think, you know, you have that issue in updating CMSs, products change, so there's a need for redesigning due to that. Uh, mergers and acquisitions when you're dealing with larger organizations. But I also think a more interesting point around this is that executives at large companies don't tend to last more than two and a half years, mm-hmm. at least not in marketing in general. People will will switch jobs, right? And when a new executive comes in, they have a new vision, a new message, uh, they want to make a change, and where's the number one place you can do that that the rest of the world will see? It's your website, right? So the fact is, I think a lot of it's it's your moment to shine in that budgets all all of a sudden like open up, right? All of a sudden, it's it's not your typical quarterly budget, annual budget. It is this surplus slash budget that kind of came out of nowhere because we have to do this. The business is all aligned, and everyone wants to do it. The only problem in that is that search often gets left behind, right? I kind of think of it like, uh, and sorry to be the resident analogist around here, but I kind of think of it like a move, Mm -hmm. right? When you move, Mm -hmm. you promise yourself that before the move, and I moved recently and I made this promise to myself and it failed just like probably everyone else listening and in the room. I promised myself I'd label every box. I'd know what was in each box. I would be really regimented. I mean, I had dreams of Excel spreadsheets, right? What a dork. But that's the f- weird. That's yeah, it is weird. weird. It, it's really weird. But I did. I did. I thought like you're working you know, so much, man. Yeah. I know. In the in the in the ideal world, you know, I've got little like scanners and I know what's in each box. But the fact of the matter is that you get to your new place and you're ready and you got your laptop and you're supposed to be working from home and guess what happens? You don't know where your laptop charger is. And that's pretty much what's going to happen in a migration, right? Inevitably, something will go wrong. It's a question of how much have you planned for it in advance and uh, how how much packing and proper labeling did you do beforehand to mitigate that so that you're not opening every single box looking for your computer charger, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think I'll add on to that. And also, did you hire the right movers, right? You know, because I think, I think a lot of folks hire people um, who say they know what they're doing. And then at the end of the day, you know, a lot of stuff gets broken or thrown out of the truck or sold along the way. And you wind up coming in with a third of what you had, you know, when you when you left your, your initial destination. So I think that, uh, you know, a big point that a lot of people miss is that, you know, it's not only about, and Stefan, perfect analogy, you know, moving, it's not just about getting things and labeling things you know right it's about did you hire the right people to move it and are you doing are you moving everything properly so that nothing breaks yeah it's a great i actually never even thought of that but i had to move most of my stuff into a storage unit and part of the the key there was ensuring that i had the right size unit right like if i'd gotten there and i had forgot i just only had enough room for certain boxes what am i going to do leave the rest of the stuff outside or move everything because I poured it incorrectly. So think about think about that from like uh, an actual website perspective. How many times have we seen someone forget 
their PDFs mm-hmm. or a certain whole section of their site doesn't mm-hmm. get ported over to the new version of the or site. Or their content. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Or they create duplicate content along the way. Like, all of a sudden, we have two storage units, and mm-hmm. they both are under Ralph Durso's name, so how's he supposed or, to know which one actually has his yeah. stuff in it, true. you know? Or they only move a portion of their site, That's and they the still have the old site, so it's like a Frankenstein site. You know, you got this yeah. old version of the site, and then you have a new version. Steve, you know about that, right? Are you asking if Frankenstein knows about that? I see, I, I see where you're I going think, for I here. Think, I think he's I, trying to beat, I, he's I, trying to beat I, Frankie. I vowed come out. that I wasn't going to do Frankenstein again, but now, I, if you want it, then I'm going to say, poorly migrated sites, bad. That's it. I'm not doing it again after this. That's it. Fine. We're done. Good. You hit your Frankenstein quota for the day. There you go. There you go. Two, two um, Frankenstein. Oh, this is no, dangerous it is, themed it, care. It, it is really funny because you know there, there are a lot of... Uh, that analogy really like it does make it's a lot perfect. of sense because yeah. there's there's been spreadsheets that I've worked with where everything is wonderfully tabbed out. The first like ten of them are great. And then you have the one or two on the end. It's just like a bunch of random crap thrown in there. It's like oh well, we don't really know what these pages are, where these are gonna go, mm-hmm. and your miscellaneous this, box. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and, yeah. and that's the way it is. Like when you're moving out of the house, it was like. When, when I was first moving, it was like, okay, all these boxes are great. By the last day we had to get out of there, it was throw whatever into this one and that one and just get it out of here. So right. you do have to make sure that you know it's, it, that everything is in the right place and whatever you leave behind, you got to make sure it has a place to go to. And yeah. that's valid. That's valid mm-hmm. also in the preparation for it, right? Like I think that to, it really rings true when you think about moving versus, versus moving your website and actually physically moving. The sooner you can get ahead of it and make the plans, the better. Like, I've been in situations where, unfortunately, I had to pack my house and hire a mover within a week. It is not an organized mm-hmm. process at that point. And you know what? If you were going to ask me where stuff was afterwards, and if I was going to be judged on how organized my house is right now, um, I'd probably fail, you know? Mm-hmm. So I- if you look at it from a Google perspective, like, how much heads up is the SEO team really getting in that migration process? Are mm-hmm. you aware of it, or are you an afterthought that gets told, hey, by the way, we're going to be migrating, and that's happening a month from now. And oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't have some of the bare bones basics in place, let alone like an idea of how we're going to port. Or even worse, um, you know, the fact is that sometimes uh, executives make plans, and everyone else scrambles. And uh, the truth of the matter is, those are not malice. There's no malice behind the plans, but they don't realize the impact of them. So if you're going to take, let's say, I've seen a client who had a 800 plus page website, not very large, but they were B2B in the enterprise place space, and uh, they migrated to 80 pages. Now, they were expecting to hold the same organic traffic. Mm-hmm. The problem is you're taking a lot of different landing pages with a lot of different potential mm-hmm. that were fairly well optimized, and you're trying to cobble them into a lot fewer pages. Mm-hmm. You have a lot, a lot less landing area or space that you're dealing in now. Yep. So that's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. And and. Execs don't know that. They just think of it from a UX UI and they go, oh, well, it'll be easier to navigate the site. And they're not wrong, but it's less doorways into your site and that can be harmful. And I think yep. a lot of companies also take that calculated risks though, right? But very few um, actually kind of understand that, that that is a calculated risk, that when you do something like that, you could have a 800 page or 800,000 page website. If you cobble it down to 40,000 or 400, you're going to more than likely lose half of your traffic if they're highly frequented pages. Yeah, I think I think a good way of looking at it, and I went through this with a client in the past, you know, if you think about it, that like you have, let's say you have 2,000 pages on your site, or let's say you have 1,000 pages on your site, and you go down to a 100 page site, if every single one of those pages just got one organic visit, 
we're talking about going from a thousand visits in a month to a hundred visits in a month potentially. So it's really it's 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 not there's a lot of risk in it, and sometimes making your site smaller is not really the best way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've uh, I've seen other instances where you're not only making the site smaller, but then you're breaking out those subsections now into new subdomains, or Oof. or God forbid, Ooh. even completely new domains, Dirty. and that becomes a real issue because each one of those sites now has to start over completely from scratch. Um, and its own brand new entity. You got to build all the equity to it. Um, you know, and it's not always the right way to go. But you know, um, there are certain there's a certain thought process that goes on uh, at different levels that they want certain things certain ways. And you got to understand the implications behind doing these. Yeah, you know what? I actually think it's important to point this out. And it's not necessarily even sometimes a certain thought process. It's a lack thereof. And like, it's, it's, it's frankly, I'm just going to call it out. It's ignorance, right? There's a lot of ignorance in our organizations and enterprise orgs where frankly, we know the implications. There are people who are paid to know the implications. They're search folk and they're sitting in your org today. And the fact that no one has actually asked them to learn this stuff and makes decisions that seem, frankly, benign, like, hey, you know what? Of course we'll take that folder structure product and move it to products.mydomain.com, right? But they don't realize what that actually means to their company, the actual harm that could cause, the detriment it causes over the long term, and how you have to rebuild everything potentially, like you said, from scratch, Steve. It's not fair, and frankly, and I'm not saying life is, but... We have to be more diligent in educating and making sure that individuals around our organization understand the implications of these things because it's not okay. It's just not okay. That's the mic drop right there, Stefan. Yeah, well, you you guys, I I had a couple. What do you want? Don't drop that mic. There's there's one thing that always kind of um, eludes everybody. And, and, you know, we don't want to get into a big link building discussion. That's obviously a whole other topic that nobody wants to get into. I know, I know. It just made the hair stand up in the back of my neck. Um, But, you know, if you are moving pages, and especially if you're moving to subdomains or separate domains, you have a lot of link equity or potentially a lot of link equity that's pointing to the original pages. And nobody ever really thinks about Mm -hmm. having to change over or or try to change over that equity to point Mm -hmm. it to the right place because, yeah, maybe going through a redirect, but it's not going to pass the full value. You want to have that link accurately lead to the specific new destination URL you've set up. Um, So it is something that's kind of always out there where I do like to take a look at that and maybe, you know, put together a list of the top, you know, uh, top performers or at least, you know, the, the top domain authority, page authority, just to get an idea of what are we leaving on the table if we don't try to at least reach out to these to get them moved over. Sometimes you can, sometimes you have a partnership, sometimes there's something where you can reach out. Most of the time you are not going to have that opportunity, but it is good to know what's out there. Just to understand, again, the implications of if we move this, this is what we're potentially losing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, even going back to the subdomain point, because as everyone knows here, I have a very strong opinion on you know when people move things from a subdirectory to a subdomain. Um, you know, in my opinion, uh, you know, link equity mainly passes to the right, right? You know, it goes from the main domain, and the main domain pushes that sub that subdirectory forward, right? Whereas a subdomain, yes, and and this is, I think, Stefan, to your point, I think this is where a lot of the confusion comes through, or even just the you know just the lack of understanding or lack of care comes in. Oh yeah, we'll just throw in a subdomain. It's attached to our main domain, but I believe that a subdomain a subdomain is really more like an anchor that you drag along with mm, you. It's just there. It, it adds maintenance costs. Yep. You need a resource to maintain it. 
a lot of people don't even have analytics on their subdomains. Yep. And I think at the end of the day, every time someone, like when I see someone put like, hey, we created a blog, blog.yoursite.com. I'm like, ah, I'm like, no, no. I'm like, put it on your main you know, subdirectory. Why would you want to have two separate entities mm-hmm. that are, you know, one's very strong and one is brand new, Steve, to your point. Why wouldn't you want to just combine those two entities to make one stronger whole? And that that's where the confusion always lies with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the subdomain is going to have its own link profile as well. So you're really going to have to work to build up that as a second property, uh, as a secondary. It's, year, the... it's potentially years yeah. of work. Yeah, right. And you, you have your main domain. Why wouldn't you just use You know what it that? is? You know what it is? It's, it's, it's old marketing. And I think it comes from, it, frankly, it's old marketing thinking it's new marketing. So a lot of the companies I see, a lot of the execs I hear that do this, mm-hmm. used to deal in microsites. So it used to be every time you had a marketing mm-hmm. initiative, you'd spin up a microsite, mm-hmm. right? But that was before people recognized the detriment that had to search. Now, that's not to say they don't do it because of the detriment it has to search. They just learned as marketers, don't spin up a separate website for every marketing initiative you need because it's a pain in the butt. You have to track it. You can't really tell the efficiency of it, blah, 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 right? So then I think people said, okay, well, what's the next step to doing that? Well, we don't want to confuse the user within our own website. You probably have to go through a lot more um, a lot more rigorous, uh, you know, um, checks and balances and governance in order to add a whole folder structure, let's say, to your website. So instead, you go, mm, subfolder, we'll be able to control everything on it, and they'll just let me have it, right? And I think that that's just where there's a disconnect, right? It's the old way of doing it in what they thought was a newer, more acceptable way, because it is still on the root domain, right? So we're all assuming it carries that cachet since the domain, we didn't name it something rando. Mm-hmm. It's actually still our brand. But it is flawed in its logic, and I think it really hurts. And I've had companies that have literally, no joke, when I started with them, over 10,000 subdomains. And Ugh. it was crazy. 10,000? Crazy. But just think That's of the nightmare. maintenance costs. And the, oh, just, I know. Not, not, just from an overhead standpoint, how, how hard it is to maintain that many domains. I mean, yeah. Even just the domain cost every year. I mean, think yeah, about it. It's, going know, 10, to get to the international point, yeah. right? Like, some people treat their international elements as subdomains. And frankly, rather than looking at it as folder structures that make it a lot easier, I think, for the search engines to understand and, frankly, users to you know, to read and, and whatever else is going to crawl your site, um, rather than having that structured, they actually go by subdomains, and that's kind of nuts. Um, but uh, on the point of, of international migrations, um, you know, definitely one of the most complicated uh, migrations that we that you can certainly <laughs> involve yourself in, I think, um, just because there are so many moving pieces and you're trying to assure that, you know, all of your, uh, you know, you're targeting the proper countries and, and, and users within Google and within the search engines um, with each version of your site. Um, and that, of course, is, is a really challenging endeavor. It's, it's definitely very, um, you know, there's definitely a, a, a long you know, process involved there. But um, with, you know, international migrations, I think, are one of the, the, the types of migrations that definitely require the most care and the most well-thought-out um, SEO pre-planning before even entering in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, with international... International is a whole different that's a beast, you know. What I mean, podcast, yeah, right? that, that's a yeah. We we could talk about that for several, probably several hours yeah. about you know, yeah. and you know, we all worked on um, you know a couple of big e-commerce brands, um, you know, in the UK, um, where they were combining um, what was it? 
it was 12 sites in eight different languages um, into one. They were going from CCTLDs, which is country code, top-level domains, to um, subdirectories. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that was over, I believe it was over 40,000 URLs um, for each site. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was weeks worth of work. But you know what? Um, and, and, you know, kind of going back to the beginning of the episode, you know, we were, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, how, you know, you know, leaving some stuff behind, right? You know, it's like, hey, we're, we're going to pay attention to this, but we're not going to, you know what I mean? But we're, but we're not going to do the, the site in its entirety. And, and we actually went the other way with that. And this is how I, and again, this goes back to my OCD. You know, a lot of folks are always like, well, only, only redirect these pages. You know, there's, there, you, know you have 1,000 URLs, but we only have to redirect 400 of them. I'm always going to redirect all 1,000 of them. Yep. If, I, if I crawl your site and I get a full inventory and I have a URL, I am going to send it somewhere. I'm not just going to let it, you know, just let it fall out there. And, and I'll tell you, folks who don't do that typically lose more traffic then when we do that and I will say and I'm not you know and for all of us here not pat on back when we did that for this for this site they saw a 40% increase after that you know that migration yes which is insane which, which is insane yeah, and yes it was many sites coming into one but at the end of the day they did not lose one visit they gained 40% more and, and that's and that's that. something that's important to recognize right when you're dealing with a, a migration of any type i think it's very important to i i actually always tell executives and and uh, seo practitioners to plan to spend more in paid that month um, just yep. listen, you have goals, Great right? Point. Your company's got goals and you have to achieve those goals. Um, worst comes to worst, you get that bump like you guys did in that, in the, in the case of that client and you saw a 40% increase and let's say they spent more that month on paid, no big deal. You guys got even more traffic to the site, hopefully converting and making money for that brand. However, I think it's fundamental to think that there will be a loss because what you've basically done is you said, you know what? Um, Google, you've known the layout of my home for a really long time, but I've redesigned and remodeled everything. Now come on in and you can judge me and tell, and tell the rest of the world whether or not this is what I say it is. It's going to take a little while for Google to confirm that that actually is the case, right? Because people can change things on the fly and then, I mean, hell, that's why a 302 even exists, mm-hmm. right? I mean, temporary. So the fact of the matter is there's no, like, I am going through a migration tag to Google. They just know they're finding new content and new structures, and they're recognizing that, and they're judging it. And I think you have to give it the time um, and assume that you'll have a loss for a while until it gets back to good again, mm-hmm. right? And hopefully better, because that is the intent behind a lot of these things mm-hmm. is to hold what we used to have, let alone if you optimize for it accordingly, Hopefully, drank better. And you know, if you remember, Stefan, when we were out at MozCon this year, um, you know, I believe it was um, it was the uh, the SEO manager from Dick Sporting Goods who I thought made a really good point. It takes three months, and she said it like five times. It takes three months to for your site to really switch over. And actually, John Mueller from Google has come out and said that it's not this thing that just happens overnight, right? You should plan to lose traffic. Everyone's like, mm-hmm. well, we want to see an increase after that. That's actually not what you should be aiming for, in my opinion. You should be aiming to maintain, right? Yep, yep, and maybe, exactly. and to your point, you know, probably plan to be down a little bit for a couple of months as it re-indexes, you know, Google figures at the new site and, you know, you know, fill in that gap with more paid search and you should be budgeting for that when you go through something like this. Yeah, but to your point earlier, don't have two addresses, going back to our analogy, mm-hmm. don't have two addresses at the same time. It's horrible. It really leaves the room open for duplicate content, for a, a lack of 
the search engine understanding where the content really should live. As two sites essentially are being crawled by Google, it has all of the ability for mistakes to go wrong, things that you code that's no longer being paid attention to by your developers that can ultimately wreak havoc. There's a lot of potential, you know, if you're gonna migrate, don't be migrating or porting just small sections, right? Mm -hmm. Think of it in a larger scheme, I mean, listen, sometimes you're forced Flip to do switch. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes sometimes you're forced to do it. And, uh, you know, God bless you all for dealing with those situations. But for, like, the rest of the world that does have an option, push for the entire migration to occur at once. It's it's yeah. nuts to string bet. It doesn't work. It, it's just like um, secure. You know, when people are, you know, a lot of folks are going secure now. You know, um, you know, Chrome is, is really crazy mm -hmm. with you not being secure now. They give these big messages, you know, these big red triangles that come up in, in, in forms if you're not secure. But, you know, Besides that, I know so many sites that have a secure and a non-secure site. Oh. So they went through the trouble of getting the certificate, making the site, and then all they did was they canonical. And this is like something that's rampant that I've seen in the last 12 months. They canonical the non-secure site to the secure site. And Google comes in and Google's going to crawl the, the secure by default anyway. But there's still so many non-secure URLs hanging out in the index. Yeah. It's like, why wouldn't you just flip the switch? Put a put a global 301 redirect, anything that's not HT, you know, HTTPS, put it to HTTPS and move on. Why would you want these two it's sites It's a liability. It's a liability. It's a complete liability. It's a liability because the day that something goes wrong with one of those non-secure pages and that canonical is no longer in place because some developer somewhere didn't realize the value of that snippet and lost it off your CSS sheet or whatever it was that they're rolling it off of programmatically, screws something up in one line of code and the next thing you know, all of a sudden you have duplicate content rampant across your entire website for something so stupid that if you really, if there is no valid business reason to have two versions of the site, get over it. Like, Move on. Yeah. So, so I, have, I have a question for you guys. So do you think that, in your opinion, going to secure um, during, a, during the process of a website migration where you're changing a lot of stuff on the site is the best way to go? If you're not secure, absolutely. And the reason why is because if you don't, that's basically a second migration that you have to put your site yep. through, right? Yeah. So let's say you're, you're replatforming. All of your URLs are changing. You're going from WordPress to Drupal. Let's say you're going WordPress to Drupal, right? So you move that site, right? You're not secure. You move everything. You port your content. You consolidate stuff. And everything goes okay, right? And you're moving along. And then, let's say like two weeks later, because that seems to be like the time frame. Oh, we're going to do this. And then two weeks later, we're going to do the next thing. So two weeks later, you go to secure. So you have now moved your site twice. You mm -hmm. go. A lot of people think that going secure is not migrating your site. It's just like, it's just adding an S to your URL. That That is not true. It is a completely separate site that you have to 301 point. redirect the old URLs to the new URLs. It's so. a separate. So basically, you're putting your site through separate migration. Yeah. And that's yep. Back to, our, back to our analogy. Go ahead. Create yeah. the new pages directly on the new protocol instead yep. of doing yep. it on the old He's one right. and then having to do it again. Yep. Yeah, think about it. You know what you just did? You moved to a storage unit for two weeks, yep. and now you're going to move again. Exactly. And it's going to cost and you. More it's going to cost you a move. It's going to cost you a move. It's got the potential again. All the all the concerns we said around the first move are still there for the second one. Mm -hmm. Just because the stuff's in boxes doesn't mean it doesn't break. Doesn't mean it doesn't. You did your organization. I get it. And technically, your migration should be easier because you've been through that process just recently. 
but there's a lot of room for things to go wrong in a move. And I think like that's the point. You know, why why mm-hmm. not get it all done? I think people get scared, Ralph, mm-hmm. to your point. Mm-hmm. Because I think they want to measure what was it that caused the increase? What was it's it that silver bullet. And yeah, and I'm and I'm gonna say what I will probably say a hundred times in this podcast, which is just because it can be measured doesn't mean it always should be. Mm-hmm. You know, and at the end of the day, if we can get the results we're looking for, what ultimately was the end cause? I know we as SEO folk want to constantly like get to the bottom of the forensics of that. But you know what? Sometimes it's worth just saying the outcome was great. Let's keep moving because we have work to get done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, very good point there. And I think that, you know, as, you know, SEOs in general are a little obsessive about you know what what caused this what caused this little dip or this big dip or things of that nature regardless of the size of your site Mm -hmm. but you know again it goes back to the original point don't have two addresses you know if you're gonna move move you know because if you only move once sure some things are gonna break along the way every migration something I'm gonna say this right now something is gonna go wrong Mm -hmm. you know something's gonna break you're gonna launch that site and someone's gonna forget to do something I have launched sites and Steve I'm looking at you we've launched sites before that we didn't we found whole sections of a site after the migration because they were four four and you were you know you're scrambling to redirect a few thousand URLs because your crawlers didn't pick it up because it was hidden behind some JavaScript weird thing but they were getting indexed and you're like oh my god these are getting tons of traffic but the good news is is that when you do move you do have a window right you have a window yep. and a lot of, you know and there's so what is the window right for me I think you have at least two or three days before you know Google really starts to get through all your you know gets through your entire site and really starts to be like oh because they'll come back two or three times if something you know and they're not gonna ding you right away they'll come back a few times but I think Google is so fast and advanced now that they're probably getting to your site within 72 you know getting through your site yeah. within 20 72 hours depending on size of course there's a little asterisk on that mm-hmm. if you're ancestry.com yeah it's probably gonna take a little <laughs> bit longer yeah. but let's say an average size site anywhere between eight and you know let's say 50,000 pages they're probably probably going to be able to ingest your entire site within 72 hours and then from there you have that you have a little bit of a grace period but you should try to be as buttoned up as possible yeah when it, you go it's kind of like it going back again to what Stefan said before again another movie analogy you said you know you're telling google here's my here's my new house here's i rearranged everything uh and it's going to take you know about through two three days think about when you move to a new place right uh trying to figure out how to get the damn shower to work properly. Yep. It's like, do I t- push this down, pull that one up, and this, you can't quite figure out. Google has to then figure out how to work the shower of your site. You know, like, <laughs> it's the worst analogy ever, but, like, that's, it just came to mind. Like, Lots you of homeowners in the room. I'm thinking, yeah, can yeah, you tell? I was gonna, can you tell? I was gonna, is that, like, a psycho thing? You're like, <laughs> So... No, but I think when when we think about the way that when we think about the way that Google's going to look at your site, I think they're going to give Google's not stupid, right? Let's all be on the same page, right? They deal with millions and billions of pages a day. They recognize that if all of a sudden a site has made a significant change that ultimately could lead to them completely falling out for a ton of traffic-laden terms, Call me naive. I don't think they're going to take that away from you if they see a major site change immediately. Mm -hmm. And I know this because I've seen sites actually (laughs) robot TXT themselves out of the index Mm -hmm. and not actually have it immediately take hold, Mm -hmm. which means, and I've checked, it's not that they weren't crawling the site. They were. But Google's like, whoa, why would you do that? Right. And I think that Google has a whoa, why would you do that 
for migrations too. Now, if after a while they're like, hey, you're lazy and you're not paying attention or you're not smart enough to know this is going on, well, I'm taking my but, ball and I'm playing elsewhere. But, you but, know, but they, they might do that. sites, Stefan, that the site starts to de-index within a couple of days if you have your, you know, so just for, you know, everyone listening, I think, you know, just to clarify what we're talking about is when you, um, you know, a lot of folks build their sites live on a testing, do- you know, on a testing domain that is live, but it's blocked in the robots.txt. So at the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, when Google comes in, you know, they switch over, but they always forget to update the robots.txt file. Um, you know, and then, or sometimes forget to update the robots.txt file and block everything from coming in. So we've come across this a few times in the last few years, but in within a couple of days, it does start to get the index. So Yeah, I, I still think to your point, there's a window. It doesn't mean that they're not going to care about it, but they're not going to do it immediately is the point, mm-hmm. right? They're not going to kill you immediately. They're They'll not, come back there's no malice. Time. Exactly. They want to see a repetitiveness of what they're seeing before they take any significant action because if Google acted on immediacy every time it looked at a site, ultimately I think it would be changing so rampantly and so frequently Mm -hmm. that the user would get a crappy search result, Mm -hmm. right? I think major websites would disappear um, frequently and I think it would create a really bad user experience and at the end of the day, that is the number one thing Google cares about. Mm So I think that that is, you know, really good, really good points all around, right? I think we can all say that, you know, when it comes to migrations, that there are many wrong paths to take, but probably the best path to take is to hire an OCD SEO who will come in, tell you exactly what to do, do all the redirect, li- you know, do all the redirects. If, you, if someone comes and tells you, hey, you have a 2,000 page site, you only have to redirect 50 pages, run for the hills because you should redirect Every URL that you can find, even if it has no traffic for the last 12 months, you should redirect it. There could be links pointing to it. It could, And they should be one-to-one, 301 permanent redirects. You know, so that's the best way to do it. That is the most important step. So with that said, I would like to wrap up this episode by once again thanking the good people of Blue Point uh, Brewing Company for making a delicious toasted lager. Again, I'm from Long Island. It's a delicious brew. As always, Merg, migrations. Thumbs up or thumbs down. And it's double thumbs up. Double thumbs up. Double thumbs up. There's the drum roll. So I would like to thank my colleagues, Stefan, Steve, and Ralph. And here's to this episode. Cheers, guys. See you next time. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, please leave Search on Tap or review on iTunes or wherever you found us. You can also follow us on Twitter at Search on Tap. For more episodes, please visit conductor.com slash search on tap. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Interested in more information about migrations? We got you covered. Just go search on your favorite search engine. Conductor, migrations. 
You'll find it.